Welcome back to the Line to Gain podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 4, reviewing Week 3 of the 2023 NFL season. Uh, my name's Jeremy Dixon here, as always, with Mike Parker. Mike, how you doing? What is up, man? So I'm calling this the What the Hell Are We Watching episode, because I don't know what's going on anymore this is uh, nfl is crazy i love it it's It's a uh, fun week it was it was good man it was good i uh, we'll get to it in a minute but mike i thought that the dallas cowboys were the like one of the top two teams in football they look like the best team in the nfc going into this week and they i mean obviously they lost trevon diggs but that game was just mind-boggling everything's been topsy-turvy i think we had last friday like 80 degree weather and then here in the Pacific Northwest and then come Saturday rain downpours monsoons everything for like the last kind of five or six days we might get some it's just weird it goes from like completely sunny we haven't had a rain uh, any bit of rain in months to like all of the rain so that's it's kind been, of how that's it yeah it has been so wet here the last like four days five six days i don't know how many you just never know what you're gonna get it's like the nfl bonkers, i suppose yeah bonkers so some of these games were absolute travesties and blowouts and i don't even want to waste too much time talking about those we'll cover everything we got to cover some stuff yeah, but you're right yes I, there there's a we few fo- games there's some focus can, that we should yeah there's a few games i think we're gonna breeze by pretty quick but but before um, we do that we should probably let's check out Degenerate Corner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And see how we did this week. All right. And I, overall. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. You want me to go first? Yeah. I know you because you enjoy this. Um, so I went one in th- one and two on the week. Um, Pittsburgh plus two and a half at Las Vegas one for me. Uh, maybe maybe that's because- funny. That, that was the stay away for me. I just can't. I can't figure them out. Their defense or their offense, their defense is so good and their offense is so bad. It's just it's like, really tough to gauge. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's man. probably a good bet to go against Las Vegas. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I just don't trust them. Anyway, so I won that one. Uh, my first W of the season because I think up to that point I was 0-5 and one. Uh, but then from there it got much worse. Uh, Tennessee plus three against Cleveland. Mm. Really mm. thought Cleveland. Mm. Uh, Tennessee had a shot to knock those guys off. Um, Cleveland looks, unfortunately, pretty good. Uh, and then I had Minnesota versus the Chargers on the money line, or uh, just on a pick em. So whoever wins, wins. And uh, it, great game, back and forth. But uh, in the end, the Chargers win and I lose. So how um, How is your Minnesota Bears take working for the NFC North right now? Um, not great. About yeah. about as well as your Jets take for the. Well, Jets take is a lot better than those two. That's for sure. Yeah, two I mean, zero and yeah. three teams. That's true. That is true. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'm a uh, weekly total. I'm was down a hundred dollars. Season total negative six hundred. It's quite a hole. We can dig out of it though. Oh, I'm the I'm gambler's mentality. Like, yeah. <laughs> In real life, I, I just really started betting this week because I don't like betting too early. Like it, games are just too hard to figure out the first couple of weeks. You gotta, but you, I mean, I guess even now, like I feel like I know less today than I did a couple of weeks ago. But I, I don't know. I just I'm confused. This this is a very mind boggling. This season seems maybe it's just because we're in it right now. It seems very like you said, kind of topsy turvy. You don't know what 
what what end is up right now. Right. So. Well, I had three three bets that I made this week. <clears throat> My first one was New York Giants at San Francisco. I had San Francisco minus 10. I know it was a big number on a Thursday night, but I looked at it like this. The Giants got slaughtered by the Dallas Cowboys, and they were down by 28 going in, I think, the fourth quarter, third quarter um, yeah. against the Arizona Cardinals. So I don't think their offense – I didn't think their offense was that good. So I thought plus it was a, Saquon's out. Plus Saquon's out. And I just go, you know, it's probably a good chance that a team firing on all cylinders and with a top five defense can probably hold this, can can at least take a two touchdown lead. And I ended up winning that. They won by 18. I almost bet on that in, in real life, IRL, if you will. Um, but I backed, I, I saw Brandon Ayuk was out at the last minute and it just scared me off of that big number. So, but yeah, no, that's good, good win for you. Um, I ended up taking the Atlanta money line over Detroit, um, and I lost that. I think I overreacted to the Atlanta win against Green Bay. Okay. Um, I think Detroit, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, has the, the formula for beating Atlanta, and um, mm. they certainly did. Uh, I, th- I really thought, yeah, I thought that Atlanta was going to. It didn't gonna... feel close. Yeah. No, All right, and then, and then finally, uh, Denver at Miami. I took Miami minus six and a half. Um, <laughs> and I, I barely got that one in. <laughs> you would have won on another 40, 40 points. So I did um, end up positive $77.87 for this week mm-hmm. um, above what I bet. Um, so that's a total of $596.23 uh, in the positive. I'm now nine for 11 with my picks, about an 82%. Uh, percentage there so I feel pretty good about staying away from games that seem risky and I don't I don't know the team and then also kind of like taking some some bold like minus 10 minus six and a half type uh, bets so I feel pretty good nice nice all right all right Um, so we have some observations for this week's game let's get to them Uh, again no buys this week so it's a full 16 game slate um, and that all kicked off with the Giants in San Francisco on Thursday night. Yeah, you know, I I said no Saquon, no left side of their offensive line. Uh, offense could only muster 150 yards against that San Francisco defense. I mean, they've really run into a buzzsaw these first few weeks. Um, they, well, two of their three first three games uh, with the Giants and or with the Cowboys and 49ers. So, um, yeah, man. Tough, tough, uh, tough game for them. To your point, uh, New York Giants and Daniel Jones, they seemed like baffled by the San Francisco defense. Um, they only had, hundred, like you said, 150 yards in total offense uh, compared to 441 for San Francisco. To me, the 30-12 to 12 score didn't even, doesn't even really demonstrate mm-hmm. how well San Francisco played. They, I think they even left some points on, on the board. I did watch the uh, quarterback school evaluation of Brock Purdy, and he is doing a good job with his accurate throws, reading the field, but he's missing. He's picking the wrong ones sometimes. Um, he and making it more, He makes it more difficult sometimes than it needs to be. So hopefully they can work that out because he, he left some points on the table. Um, 
you know, generally Thursday games are not very high scoring. You know, mm-hmm. short wait weeks make it difficult to do a full install of the playbooks. There's right. less time to recovery, so people are a little bit more creaky than normal. Um, but the three kings, that's what I'm calling them now. Um, uh, that's uh, CMC, uh, Debo, and Kittle. They combined for 340 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. Mm. On that on Thursday, so yeah, good uh, job by them. I got Kittle on my fantasy team, and I so he had like eighty-two yards yeah. or something like that, right? Wasn't bad. Yeah, wasn't bad. not bad at all. Yes, all right, anything to add to that no, Thursday night game? No. It was it was just a beat down. Yeah, pretty decided early. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, all right, wasn't th- exciting. This next game really kind of surprised me, or at least one of the teams did. This is Tennessee at Cleveland. Um, Tennessee had ninety-four total offensive yards in the game. Ninety-four. That's insane. Jim Schwartz and this Cleveland defense are destro- out there destroying Miles teams. Garrett, man, looks like a so they put monster. him in motion. They're moving him all over the place, which is just bonkers to yeah. me. They would put him in motion, and then they had two tight ends that followed him, so that they could chip. Try to, yeah. <laughs> and I had never. I mean, I've been watching football for right. the better part of forty years, well, thirty-five years, and I've never seen that before. And it was just, it was crazy. And they got to um, delay a game on that. Just, yeah. just insane. That's wild. Yeah, I did see that as well. So Deshaun Watson, despite that horrendous backwards pass while he was getting sacked, I don't know what he's thinking there. Sometimes you just got to like pull the ball down. You're sacked. You're in the grass. Hold on right. to it. But yeah, exactly. Um, he had his best game uh, so far as a Brown. He went 27 for 33. That's 82 percent completion percentage for 289 yards and two TDs. Is Hate he figuring it. it out? Hate to see it. I don't know. Is he? I mean, he still makes those insanely bad, bad like plays just one, every once in a while. I don't think he's. Well, you wouldn't know it by this particular. Well, but in uh, this in this game, stats, if they but. if they were playing a team that could muster some offense, then it probably like that that play easily comes back to haunt him, right? Well, I I will know after this week. They play the Ravens. Yeah, we'll know where be, they're at. I'm, that's one of my games that I'm looking forward to. So. I have that as well. All right. Anything else to add for Tennessee Cleveland? Yeah, this was just, just an old school beat, it, yeah, beat down. Yeah, that was just a beat down, man. It wasn't wasn't much fun to watch. wasn't much fun to talk about. Let's just move on. <laughs> All right. Like Tennessee, we're moving on to next week. All right. Uh, Atlanta at Detroit. Um, man, I thought the, Detroit's defense played well. They basically loaded up the box on the run and just hoped that, you know, and, and then said Desmond Ritter, try to beat us. Yeah. See what happens. Yep, couldn't couldn't do it. I, I, even though B, the, even though they did that, Bijan Robinson still had like that guy's just exciting to watch, man. He has some of those explosive plays. You go, I don't know how this guy isn't scoring a touchdown right. every time. But in this day, as far as rushing yards, they only combined for forty five yards. Yeah, so not their best outing so far. I think he had thirty two or something, and then I think he had another twenty or or maybe forty yards uh, receiving as well. Um. But let me tell you who I was impressed with was Sam Laporta. He uh, had eight catches He's leading for tight ends yards and, and, and leading all tight ends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he had gotten the end zone. He had he had a nice like forty-five yard. Goff found him over the middle and and he took it to the house. Did you see that clip where he's like, "All right, this is the one, guys," where he walks up. He saw it coming. Um, that's the shot they were taking. Wide open Laporta yeah. in the. Uh, you know, on the right side of the end zone there. Yep. They also had that really cool flea flicker yeah, play. That so. was cool, too. Um, 
Mon Saint, Amon Ross St. Brown had a big day as well. Yeah, yeah. I've got him on my fantasy squad as 102 well. 102 receiving yards. Yeah, I, I, he's, he's fun to watch, too. Uh, I was really impressed. The Lions sacked, um, sacked Desmond Ritter seven times in this game. For 62 yards, That's yeah. tough to – I mean, getting hit that many times and taking I mean, that, 62 yards is basically a drive when At you least, think about it, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's uh, That's tough, man. That's really tough. Seven seven plays and sixty two yards. Yeah, if you had if you ran uh, if yeah if your offense was out there for seven and sixty two, you'd be like, oh, that's a good drive for us. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said earlier, I think Detroit, like basically, this is the formula. Uh, if you can do it, that beats Atlanta. That is completely shut down the, the running game and let Ritter, uh, a second year player with, you know, questionable skills, m- moderate success. Um, they don't push it down the field. Now they're trying to, like, there's this word on the street that they're trying to get rid of Kyle Pitts or trade him out. Yeah, what is that all about? To me, I don't like to hear that if I'm a top-tier team, or if I'm a fan of a top-tier team or a team that has potential to make the playoffs right. and at least do something there. They are still in play for the NFC South title. Yeah. So they really should not be messing around too much. So no. I just, I wonder in those moments what has to go on to, like, for these rumors to come out. When you drafted him in the top, Five, and he was think. a fourth like, pick, right? Yeah, like what are you, what are you gonna get for him that is gonna justify moving him? Is my question. My guess is nothing happens this season, and they just they just go through it. They try to find ways to get him the ball, but he's not a prototypical like blocking in a, in a run heavy scheme. He's you, Jimmy you, Graham. You need some players on the outside or some tight ends on the outside that can some that can block, right? And if they're not very good in run blocking, uh, it's really hard to get them on the field yeah. if that's not what you want to do. So we'll see. Well, we'll we're monitoring that stat guy is monitoring that story. Gotcha. All right, moving on. Uh, we're gonna visit uh, New Orleans at Green Bay. This was a weird game. Speaking of Jimmy Graham, uh, tale of two halves. Yeah, Jimmy that's Graham. That's exactly ended up what that's. I, my first sentence I put was truly the tale of two halves. <laughs> Look at that. Same brain. I don't know if that's a good thing. No, or bad. probably not. <laughs> All right. So Green Bay did nothing the first three quarters, amassing only about 164 yards. Uh, then, with about 12 minutes left in the game, uh, Jordan Love and the Packers like put it together in three drives. They got a total of about 206 yards, scored 18 unanswered points to win the game. It was bonkers. I didn't Derek, know what to do with Derek it. Derek Carr gets hurt. Uh, Jameis comes in. He has a shoulder sprain. Yeah. Yeah. Jameis comes in, leads him down the field, and sets up like a 46-yard field goal attempt. Uh, to, to win the game. To yeah. win the game. Well, there's a minute left, so they would have had a chance to to come back. Uh, Green Bay would have. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, so go ahead, field goal. Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of. Tough luck for the Saints. I still like their defense a lot. I just don't know. I need to see some consistency from that offense. All right. Here's my assessment of Green Bay at this point. They just won their 11th straight home opener. That's great. That's crazy. Uh, I think there's a high probability that they'll make the playoffs. I think spots four through seven are wide open in the NFC. Yeah. The but, NFC looks terrible, man. Yeah. Top to bottom, it's like. They look pretty bad. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. There's a good chance they can still win the NFC North. I really think it's only a two-team race between them and Detroit. Um, but 
them being a real contender down the stretch, I don't think is realistic. I had them as the number two seed in my breakdown in our in our in our first episode. I don't think that's going to happen. They might be the third or fourth seed, uh, probably default third because I think the NFC South will take that fourth seed. But that's going to be a scenario where like Dallas is way better than Green Bay. Yeah, it's going to be like Dallas or San Francisco or or. Um, it could be L.A., Seattle. Um, Dallas, and I think all of those teams are better than Green Bay. I yeah. will, we'll 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 see. Yeah, but right we'll see now I'm not. The pros, Jordan Love, when he's clicking, looks good. He's making he good throws. He's seeing the field. He can move. Uh, he can buy some time. I think he operates the offense pretty well from what I'm seeing. The yeah. word on the street with uh, Green Bay is that was a really big win for them. It really pulled that team together. Well, I don't know if you noticed before, you know, when they're going through in the pregame show, like the ins, like who's in, who's out today, uh, Green Bay basically sat Aaron Jones, sat their left tackle, sat like four or five guys that probably could have played, but I think Christian Watson didn't, didn't end up playing. Um, they and they thought that they they set, sat them all because they knew that Thursday was coming up this week against the Lions, and they were just like we you know, hopefully we can go out and get a win without those guys playing this week. Even though they said because uh, I, I think Aaron Jones was uh, trending towards playing. Going so up we to had Jones, time. Watson, and Bakhtiari on offense that were all sitting out, yeah. and then we had um, Jair Alexander out off the defense. Right, right. So those are all probables. Uh, for for Thursday night this yeah. week, yeah, so. and I'm yeah I'm guessing they probably all play the Lions game. Obviously, is more important to them probably than the Saints game. You got to you got to win your in division yeah, games. You got to win a divisional game. All right, so um, next, uh, Denver at Miami. I think this is where we should insert like taps or something. <laughs> Man, like I, I you know I I was having a conversation with my brother and we were talking about. The Russell Wilson situation, and I was like, we both are just like, I keep like thinking I'm over it, and then I see something like this, and I'm just like, it just warms my heart a little bit. I'm zagging on Russell Wilson, though. What does that mean? You, your opinion oh, is yeah, that oh, yeah. he sucks and he's done. I'm zagging. I'm going. I think he's actually one of the highlights to this team right now. Oh yeah, but that's a team that just got beat seventy to twenty. I know. I, I hear you, not, but, like, but, but I don't. Yeah. I don't think Russell Wilson was the problem. Okay. And let, let's get into it. All right. All right. Um, this was an offensive clinic by Miami. There's no question. They scored 70 points, which is the third all time, most since 1966. Could have shot at 70. Yeah. They had a total of 726 yards. That's second all time, NFL history, and averaged about 10.2 yards per play. So they were. T- I mean, they were averaging a first down. Every single time they touch the ball offensively. Can I put one little caveat with that? Uh, that's without Jalen Waddle playing in this game. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> that is so freaking mind-blowing to me. But, okay, go ahead. Let, let you finish. Well, I th- the, their defense, they chipped in, forcing three turnovers, which I think was, was crazy. Russell had a batted ball for a pick, which is kind of like a – Russell and batted balls, he's a shorter quarterback. It happens. Um, but the two Cortland Sutton fumbles, to me, that is because they were in scoring position and things like that. And it really, to me, it, that is where it starts. If you can't keep pace with the team, 
then <laughs> sorry, distracted by a phone. <laughs> Getting back to it. if you can't keep pace with Miami from a scoring perspective, even if it's field goals, you got to be within striking distance of that team in order to to win the game. And three three turnovers, two fumbles as you're moving into scoring position. And like, the interception was like on their own goal. I mean, not on yeah. their own goal line, but in their own red. You know, yeah. like uh, it gave basically gave Miami the ball in the red zone. So I think part of that's on Russell. He has to find these um, because he's so short. He has to shift and move the pocket to find these throwing lanes. Uh, but I think it was a really good defensive play. And in most cases, that thing gets knocked down. But this fell into the defensive end's lap at the end of the day. So yeah, my thought is so. It, it, the score of the game seventy to twenty. Broncos actually only scored thirteen points on offense. The the the, uh, the the last touchdown was a kick return where the Dolphins were probably exhausted on their eleventh kickoff return coverage of the day. I'm guessing, um, but you know you got to Russell Wilson did have his best game, but him uh, he sc- he had the same amount of pass attempts or, or pass completions as Tua did, and. Tua's Tua's team scores 70, Russ's team scores 13. I think this is such a statistical anomaly. I don't even think that you can compare those two things like that. You can't compare Tua and Russell within this game. You have to look at Russell and what his performance is compared to Russell. Um, They're they're right now not on the same level. I don't think the teams are on the same level. Like the – yeah. Personnel. I don't think the coaching right now is on the same level. Honestly, I think uh, Peyton doesn't look. I think was was Peyton or is Peyton overrated? Could be. He's not a guru. He's not a guru. Gurus come in and don't lose oh, by fifty. You sent me that thing, or was that you that sent me the thing yesterday where he's going to start? Uh, Sean Peyton's going to start calling Russell Wilson Drew Wilson. <laughs> Oh, the, like, that little that little yeah. uh, cartoon like thing. Your name, your name from now on is Drew. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think, it, and me and you, I'm going to talk more about this because I actually have a hot take for today's uh, for today's show. But I, you know, I, I I think his I think Russell Wilson's maybe because of Sean Payton, even though like Russell is having his I mean statistically his best year for sure. I mean obviously he's only. Last year was uh, was maybe an anomaly for him with how poorly he played, but um, I just think that I think his end is near in Denver, closer than we think. I think after this year, for sure, he's not back. Again, I might zag here, and that is he's he's holding the team as a quarterback together better than what you think you can get there. Unless you're you're selecting a, a first round quarterback, and then even then you're you're holding on to him as an asset to see what you have. So maybe there's a trade next year at some point. Would you, but, uh, if you were the Jets, would you take him on? He's go, the better of one, he, he's the better of the Wilsons. He's, he's a better Wilson. He's than a better Zach, Wilson. Zach Wilson's yeah. an all time train wreck. So, yeah, I mean, it's he's not, a better Wilson. But man, the I would I would actually enjoy seeing that just because like this. I wonder what, what how he would do in the spotlight of New York. I think I think the key with Russell Wilson is finding somebody to motivate him to get out of his own way. 
and just play football. I think that's been his problem. He yeah. overthinks things in, in like all up his entire life. It's just curated and like overthought and narrative driven. And it's just like, go out there and play football. And at least the last couple of weeks, he has been playing football. If, if, if this average kind of for the rest goes out for the rest of the season for him, he's probably this is going to be his like sixth or seventh best season in his career. Mm. And I think that's a huge step from what it was last year. True. I mean, his, his uh, completion percentage last year was like 49%. So he's already yeah. killing that. Yep, yep. Oh, and side note, Denver just randomly shopping Jerry Judy. Well, weren't they? I thought they were shopping him last year, too. They thought he was going to maybe get moved. A little aggressive. I would move Sutton, although he's their big, big body receiver. Um, a lot of drops. There's a couple of players that we saw this week that had some drops. Yeah, Interesting. totally, totally. All right. Done with that one? I am. I think they've, you know, just the sports media has decided to, to cover that one quite a bit because of that 50-point whooping absolutely all right next game on the docket is the la clippers <laughs> i want to call it that every goddamn time too, man. versus uh or they were at minnesota okay all right so this game is why i can't quit justin herbert we talked about it last man. week he went 40 for 47 that's it that's a whopping 85 percent completion percentage on 47 attempts it's insane. 405 yards and three TDs. Mm-hmm. I'll give some credit to Kellen Moore uh, and this offensive game plan. They knew Brian Flores was going to blitz the crap out of them. Um, so they just adjusted the game plan towards quick throws. Um, I believe Justin was getting the ball out on average about every 2.4 seconds. I think that really helped with the sacks and the incompletions and got, you know, really helped pad these stats. Of course, Short game is really helpful for your completion percentage. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, all right, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, um, Brian Flores was definitely pot committed to blitzing, though. He blitzed on 40 of 49 dropbacks. That's I like 81%. That. That's, that's insane. He, he just never went, you know what? We're just going to do it. We're going to live or die by this blitz. Yeah, and... Uh... I mean, this game was really good, man. I mean, this really, it came down to Kirk Cousins through that interception in the end zone with just a couple minutes left to go that would have put Minnesota back ahead. It was really back and forth quite a bit. Um, super fun game. Uh, yeah, I, I was happy that uh, Alexander Madison had a bounce back game after getting all those threatening racist uh comments on social media. It was nice to see him. Uh, he, he ended up with 93 uh, yards rushing. Um, I think we should really, as a nation, put these things into context. Because a guy fumbles the ball a couple of times. I can go, Sutton had a bad day. Yeah. He's but, a bum, whatever. Yeah, but you're going to start guy had a bad day. racist He shit? just had like, a bad day, guys. What's wrong with you, yeah, man? There's enough pressure on him God. as it is. We don't need people like, being monsters out there. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, my fantasy football team, Nick Chubb, I had the 11th pick in the draft. Nick Chubb ended up being my first pick. Mm. Then I panicked and took Patrick Mahomes in the second round, which is much higher than I ever take a quarterback ever. Um, But my number two wide receiver on that team ended up being Mike Williams. So I've lost my first and like my sixth pick to torn ACLs. I guess uh, Chubb has an MCL, but whatever. Uh, Both of them are out for the season. I'm 0-3. Is it MCL when the leg gets folded completely? I'm not sure how how it works, but... um, 
yeah, so shout out to Mike Williams for finally having a good game and then tearing his ACL in the process. So. Bummer. Yeah, that that sucks to good have. Good game. This was actually one of the better games of the day, I thought. Well, as good as Herbert was, they the the Chargers still can't run the ball. Uh, they had 30 total yards on that team. And Justin Herbert was second rushing with 11 yards. <laughs> yeah, but I, I give him a little bit of a of a pass because Austin Eckler's hurt. I, I don't think Kelly's the answer. Uh, well, clearly not. But still, when you talk about why this game was so close or why Herbert is throwing 47 times and like why are they putting in position – when they're on their own 24, fourth and short, and then they run the ball to their fullback. You have a guy who is throwing 85% accurate passes for 405 yards, and you take the ball out of his hand on fourth and short on your side of the field. This is the reason that Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings were down in the red zone in the first place because of this bonehead decision. Right. So good thing Kirk decided to go out and Kirk it, throwing the interception and saving Brandon Staley's job, I think, for one more. After, for one after, more quarterback, uh, after the quarterback show, like Kirk Cousins, he's he's America's sweetheart now. I, like people him, like, people like, like him. Like, people like him again. <laughs> you like that? Um, I, don't, I don't really... I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's probably top 11 top 12 but he's the he's the line of demarcation for where i would say elite to good quarter or elite to great quarterback to good quarterback he's the first one on that list that's good mm-hmm. he's in the good category the good tier um and he's throwing Do you for, think there's 11 guys better 10 or 11 guys better than him i have to look at it at the at the list of starting quarterbacks be, at this point be close, i think i think i think he was in that like, like dak prescott Kirk Cousins, at the time I was doing it, a, a couple like new like second year rookie quarterbacks mm-hmm. that were in there. Um, I take Kirk over um, Love at this point. Mm-hmm. I take him over Justin Fields. Yeah, I take sure. him over a lot of players right now. Um, yeah, I man, right. I still don't know about Dak. I might take him over Dak and then try to mitigate his mistakes. Um, but he's at a, a, a stage in his career where you're just going to have to expect him to throw those interceptions. Yeah. So. All right. Good job by the Chargers uh, getting sure. that win, and uh, yeah, they they got their first win of the of the year. So. Yeah. Good job. Good for you. All right. Oh, one last caveat for that. We mentioned that. Remember, Minnesota was 11-0 last year in one possession games. This year, they're 0-3. Keep hearing that. God damn it. It's something that needs to be reiterated because when you look at that season last year, it was such an anomaly. And I think we were giving them credit this year for that anomaly. That's exactly what I was doing. I'll tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) They're regressing quite substantially. Yeah, big time. Probably an 8-9 if I'm being generous, yeah. I think they'll get off the off the snide. If this they week. still had Dalvin Cook and like a good running back, do you think it would change anything? I was surprised they got out from under. Like you just moved on from Dalvin Cook. That seems it's strange. weird. It's weird, but you 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 go in, you go. These guys are as good as right. And I need you know I need yeah. cap and I need this and that. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Sure. 
All right, next game, um, relatively ugly, New England at New York Jets. So the Zach Wilson rhetoric at this point is just getting mean, and I'm actually starting to have a little empathy for for him as a person, yeah, not Joe, as a player. Joe Namath coming out and yeah, talking trash. That's where it gets and... like he's not an NFL. Everyone's telling this guy he's not an NFL quarterback. Well, guys, he is on the roster with the New York Jets. He is their starting quarterback as far as we know. He is an NFL quarterback by definition. Right. I, I don't know what purpose this serves right now other than shaming the New York Jets organization into I mean, your, bringing somebody in. He's a freaking backup quarterback at this point. Like they tried to replace they've had him. him for, well, they've had him injured. for two years now, right? Yeah. And they had him in training camp, and they know what he can do. Um, or not do. I don't know. Um, I'm just well, watching. I, I read an article, or not an article, but I read a tweet yesterday from Dove Kleiman. I think me and you send uh, stuff back and forth to each other from him on Twitter all the time. Um, that said, basically, Robert Sala is at, at the precipice of losing the team because of his loyalty to Zach Wilson and that they, they're just sick of it and can't. So it's anymore. it's funny that this comes out because I wrote these notes Monday and I said we're watching this team in real time losing their faith. You can see it on the sideline every time that offense comes off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said Robert Sala needs to be careful. If he doesn't do something, he's going to lose this team. So those are the to address that point. Yeah. My observations of watching that team offensively, they're fighting on the sideline, dejected faces. Zach Wilson is just like uncomfortably has like a like a half smile on the entire game. I thought he was he seemed like during the um, hard knocks and and kind of lead up to the season he seemed like he was kind of doing really well like absorbing things from from Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers and maybe I I thought I honestly thought like this might be. The best thing for him is is getting to study under Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years. Maybe then he can take that next step once Rodgers uh, decides to, to hang him up. But I, I think this this is probably a way worse situation for Zach Wilson than Aaron Rodgers at this point this season. My uh, unprofessional opinion, I mean, I'm not a quarterback whisperer. I've never played quarterback at all. From my observations, he's playing scared. Yeah. He doesn't want to sit in there and make the... Uh, make the throws he definitely has like a clock that's like two seconds long and if he doesn't find any he either spins and he falls on the ground God, or panics man. and rolls out uh, that's a problem you you mean even I was rooting for him at the end of that game when they got the ball back and they were only down two and I'm just like please four, like, fourth that and ten been so you awesome, check down man. to your tight end it would have been it would have been ball, so bro. great to see him have a have a redemption and and drive back down the field on Drew on Bill Belichick's defense, but it just wasn't. So I think that was that happen. was the I think that was the for me it was the the throw that proves my point. Instead of pushing the ball downfield, which you need a you know an extra hitch or an extra second to hang in there before you fire it down there, right. which we know he has the arm. Um. If you just wait a little bit, you might take a shot, but you can get it down there and give your team a chance. He, yeah. he bails out, checks down, no chance at winning this game. That's terrible, man. That's really terrible. So just um, a game summary. This game wasn't exactly a template for the off, uh, for offensive efficiency. <laughs> uh, the Jets had 171 total yards, 
87 of which were from that single TD drive that they had. Um, both these teams had a tough time moving the ball. There were 16 punts, two missed field goals, a bad safety taken by Zach Wilson, and a turnover and downs at the end to win the game for the to lo- to lose the game by the Jets. Both of these quarterbacks look terrible to yeah. me. I think I texted you that during the game. Um, Mac Jones, why'd you grab Sauce Gardner's dick, man? Like, what are you doing? That's weird. He's that's weird. He, apparently, the word on the street is kind of a dirty, dirty player. player. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. But. All right, n- enough of these two knuckleheads. Yep. All let's right, move on. Uh, Buffalo at Washington. Whew. Washington came crashing down to reality. And then I think, yeah, Buffalo really, that this would get right game for them for sure. So uh, this is the second game in a row where Josh Allen played within himself. They had a total of 168 rushing yards. Stefan Diggs had a big day, 111 receiving yards. Gabe Davis had a touchdown. Uh, their running game looks really good all of a sudden. And I think it's because he's taking some check downs. He's handing the ball off. He's not trying to be Superman. I think that's working out well for them. James Cook looks great. I love James Cook, man. He that was a, that was a hell of a pickup. Yeah, over a hundred yards and all hundred all-purpose yards. He's looking good. He just look. I mean, he just looks explosive, though. I watched a little bit of this game, and uh, yeah, he he impre- he's impressive. So, have you ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I have nine times. That's how many times that Sam Howell was sacked in this game. Oof. 45 yards, sacked nine times. Four interceptions. Ridiculous. Just Can't under pressure win. all day. Can't win like that, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, I just, real quick, I just wanted to, um, I guess this could be in my diversity section too, but I didn't really write it out. Um, I keep seeing people, um, our neighbor, son, put on Facebook yesterday about how, like, some shell corporate like native american affairs uh organization is actually asking to have the native american uh face put back on the side of the red of the commander's helmets and to change the name back to the what we won't say anymore the previous uh, iteration and that it was that it was uh it's an actual person that's that chief on the side of their their helmet and um, blah blah, and I'm just like George. Uh, where wh- what's what was the owner's name that started the the red that came up with that name, the red unfortunate name that we uh, used to go by. I'm blanking on it now, but he was like the most racist human being alive. Like, there's no way that he was doing that to honor Native Americans by calling them the previous name or by putting this this chief so and so onto the side of the helmet. So, well, get your facts right. Uh, it's George Marshall. George Marshall. I, I, would, I almost said George Hallis. Sorry, George Hallis. I know you're the, not that The bad. one thing that I might say is I don't want to have a, a sarcastic tone quite yet with this particular group. Um, from what I read very superficially, it is a group of indigenous people, an organization of indigenous people that have an opinion about something and that by removing this, you're kind of dishonoring the fact. Now, whether George Marshall intended that this particular picture be somebody specific, it, he may have taken the like, stolen the likeness and threw right. it on there. And it, that may have honored some people. So I get their point. They can do what they want to do to sue it. But ultimately, my guess is the courts come back and go, it's a 
private organization. They can do what they want to do as long as they right. don't violate these rules. And, and frankly, the commander's name isn't violating anything as right. far as I can tell. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, it's a good call. Out. All right, Houston and Jacksonville. This was a very weird game. Again, another weird game. I guess I wasn't surprised at the result. D'Amico Ryans gets his first win as head coach, so that's Man. great. Looking at the team stats, it would appear that Jacksonville won this game, honestly. Yeah. They led in just about every team statistical category except scoring. Um, Jacksonville is not playing uh, well in scoring position. I think this is their biggest problem. Um, you know, that scoring position is that field goal, reasonable field goal distance in red zone. Right. Uh, they were there six times and came up with 17 points. So, and then there's this story about um, Doug Peterson taking back like play calling, like already there's some, some weird dissension. I texted you during the game and asked if Doug Peterson was the worst coach in the NFL. And you were like, not even close, but the answer is not even close, but he's not, he's not coaching very well right now. At least he's not scheming. I don't know what he's doing on the, he made, there was such an improvement last year from urban Meyer to him. And that and they Jacksonville was starting to figure stuff out as as that as the year was going on, right? And I, they had some real momentum going into the playoffs, and they gave the Chiefs a real tough game in yep. the playoffs. So you expect them to kind of build off of that, right? And I think they've at least improved from last year because they have a Calvin Ridley, a better receiving core. They have better skill players. Right. ATN's in his second, I guess, third year now. He did, he, and he actually looked pretty good. He looks game. great every game. But when they get into that that red zone, you can you can see Trevor Lawrence is very frustrated. Well, like and, he's, and he's, he's, he's he's going like this, you know, speed it up, speed it right. up, bring, get the calling, get the calling. I'm anxious to hear what your Trevor stats are when we get to that point. But uh, the Trevor tracker, the yeah, Trevor tracker, because uh, you know I mean, that's the thing. Like everybody thought he was going to take another huge step forward this year, second year with Peterson. Um, what are we going to? What's this going to look like? Because uh, you know Peterson's obviously known as a, a quarterback guru, so. Um, you know, it, it, I was very impressed by C.J. Stroud, though. Um, Bill Simmons' podcast did a redraft, at least of the top 15 picks in the uh, from this past NFL draft, and he thinks that Carolina probably drafts C.J. Stroud number one without a doubt at this point. I think you'd have to, right? Yeah, yeah no doubt. No doubt about it. And it's really weird because, I mean, it was bound to happen that a, a Ohio State quarterback was was Could good. Be. I and remember me and you getting in an argument about this, like, before we ever started the podcast about, like, uh, I don't even know what quarterback it was, which Ohio State quarterback it was. But you're just like, when's there ever been a good Ohio State quarterback? And I'm like, but that doesn't mean there's never going to be a good Ohio State quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. So, yeah, hopefully this History is was on my one. side, hopefully so I will say. So just to, just to touch base on CJ, he threw for 280 yards and two touchdowns on Sunday. And uh, so far, uh, let me get his, his uh, yearly totals. He's up uh, 906 yards. And uh, four TDs, a uh, little 35-yard uh, rushing. He's not a big rusher. No. But uh, some he decent. He can get you a couple if you Yeah, a little scramble yards How there. many interceptions does he have on the season? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, zero. That's pretty So that's that's, pretty a, that's 121 attempts as a rookie, no picks. Oh, yeah. I think they said that he has, like, the most attempts to start a career without an interception. Or so I saw some stat like that. So so the number 906, I guess, there's only two that were higher. It was Cam Newton and Justin Herbert in their rookie years. So he's in good company with wow. his, his passing stats at this point. 
Absolutely. Because that was that year Cam Newton threw for like 5,000 yards yeah. his rookie season. He looked, I mean, yeah, he was a game He was all-worldly back then. Yeah. All right, all done with this game, I think? Absolutely. All right, we got Indianapolis at Baltimore coming up. Um, I kind of crazy game block too. this into like three categories. Uh, first category is the big winner. Indianapolis kicker Matt Gay. Yeah. He was five for five for field goals, including four that were 50-plus. He also added an, an uh, extra point. He scored 16 of Indy's 22 points on Sunday. Uh, my first note was the ghost of Uncle Rico showed up combined with the leg of Matt Gay. <laughs> and, and snatched victory away from the Ravens. Justin Tucker missed a 61-yard field goal. Crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, Baltimore's offense is so inconsistent, Mike. It's just, like, hard to wrap your brain around. Like, one game they look great. One game they look like what they did this this uh, last week against Indianapolis. And Indianapolis doesn't have a great defense. I mean, they have a few guys out there, right? I think they compete at defense – I, I watched them since they did hard knocks. They compete at defense. They have they have a good squad that competes all every day. And and I just I it's hard to count them out at any point. They I mean, keep DeForest games close. Buckner can can wreck wreck some plays. I think their secondary is good. Yeah, bunch of no name dudes. All right, for me, biggest losers, uh, Baltimore offense. Only two hundred and two. Uh, 202 passing yards, only 85 yards rushing outside of Lamar's 101 and two touchdowns. So he's not getting a lot of help. And now I was looking at Zay Flowers' uh, pass chart. He had 10 targets for 48 yards. Not one target went past the 10-yard line on on any of his completions. What's up with that? You have one of the fastest guys in the league and you're not opening it up downfield. Like, what are we doing? I wonder maybe uh, maybe cocaine Jim Ursay and whoever owns the Ravens now got together and uh, had a little chit chat about Jonathan Taylor. What would Jonathan Taylor look like in that Colt or in that uh, Ravens? I, to me, that's field. not the point. The point is you have a guy with a great a quarterback with a great arm, and you have one of the fastest guys in the league. Let's open it up a bit, and oh, you yeah. still have uh, Bateman. I mean, these guys can get. Open downfield. Why don't I think? Uh, and if Beckham. it does break down, you have one of the most dynamic and athletic quarterbacks sitting back there. When everyone goes deep, you're in cover two. Or the whole field chases or the whole defensive secondary chases these guys downfield. You're wide open. He can get through the first tier. Is Harbaugh the? Is he? Does he? Is it his offense that they run there? Uh, no, the offense the they brought in. He's a well. I mean, I think he came up special teams, but okay. I mean, he's just an overall like head coach. Overseer, but he's yeah. but he's not running the offense. They brought in somebody. Well, they need to get his get him checked, man, because they got to figure it out. And what's funny is the week before they kind of like, oh my gosh, they they look. That's why I was I, I bet on them this week. I was like I was all gung ho on these guys, man. I can't believe they lost. I think I'm staying away from the North for a while because I. I don't know what's going on with them. They're all over the place. Oh, I'm back in it this week. I'm an idiot. You're I'm back idiot. in the I'm AFC a, North. I'm an idiot. All right. So I, I think know, I, I think I know where you're. I, I think know I know. I think I know where you're going. Um, and I think I stayed away from that game. Okay. But well, well, well. I digress. Let's. All right. Let's let's go. Yeah. Oh, my shot out. Oh yeah. Uh, which you said the ghost of Uncle Rico. Uh-huh. I'm calling him the constant gardener, Minshew. 
Uh, he played well, 227, um, a TD. Zach Moss had uh, 40, 145 all-purpose yards and receiving touchdowns. Yeah, Zach Moss looked really good. Yeah, strong, strong running t- yeah. uh, on Sunday. So that those are my shout-outs. Yeah, shout I outs. second that. All right, where are we at now? We are at um, our or Carolina Panthers at our Seattle Seahawks. <sighs> well, Seattle has put up 74 points in the last two games, so that's good. Um, to me, the offense is humming a bit. It doesn't feel that way when you're watching the games, though. So that's no. all. We were kind of starting slow. In our first seven possessions, it yielded like one punt, five field goals, and an interception. And we're down one at halftime. Yeah, and we finally got into this this groove, and we eventually end up scoring three TDs. So, well, I had texted you before this game when I heard Andy Dalton was starting, and I was just like. We're, we're gonna Andy Dalton and Adam Thielen are gonna beat us in this game. I guarantee it. And I was convinced. Like I was, I was just like, I'm, I'm right. I was like, I was right. I knew I should have bet against the Seahawks. I just was gonna because I never bet on the Seattle games. Just I never because I, 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 I don't, don't do either much. Yeah. Uh, but it, I did hear an interesting take. I don't bet on them not because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of grew up a fan of the Seahawks. I don't bet on them because they're so unpredictable game to game. Yeah. Well, I just I feel like yeah I'm I'm too I have too many biases in different spaces that I it's hard for me to to look at them from a from a you know like from an open mind yeah. minded view. Um, but I, I heard a podcast uh, interview on, on Monday or Tuesday about the game, and they just said, I don't think we should analyze this game too much. Uh, Seattle's without Tariq Woolen. Yep. Trey Brown gets injured with a concussion during the game. Uh, three-fifths of the Seattle offensive line was out, the complete left side, and then the um, – and the right tackle, and then the the right guard got injured halfway through the game and missed like a quarter and a half of the game before coming back in. Um, it just, it, you know, it's it's just too. Seattle was we're in missing the, too much to like be like oh well we're garbage because we yeah. couldn't we couldn't hang. So under those circumstances, this is a great win. Absolutely. I mean, Carolina obviously is without their quarterback. I think honestly though, if Gardner Minshew or I mean uh, if. Uh, for you, if, uh, the, the yeah, red rifle. Yeah, the red rifle doesn't. If he doesn't play, I think we probably win the game easier. I don't think. I'm Bryce Young is is. Uh, it's going to be an interesting. Needs to develop for sure, but what, what I mean, they have they have. I think they have the leeway this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Seattle was in a lot of twelve and thirteen personnel. That means you have one running back, and uh, twelve would be two tight ends, and and thirteen would be three tight ends uh, to one running back. Uh, and I and I assume that they did this to help the protection up front. Uh, the problem with this is you're limited in the amount of formations you can roll out there. A lot of your playmakers like Jackson Smith and, and Jigba didn't wasn't on the field a lot because it, when you add another tight end, it takes up that slot position essentially. Right. So um, the tight ends did really well this game because of that. Uh, but I expect us to get a little bit more dynamic once we're healthy. Yeah, I'm sure. And they, I think the left tackle and the left guard are going to be back this week. And maybe the, the right tackle still out. And I think Tariq Woolen's going to be back this week. And I don't – Jamal Adams is going to be back this week. I don't know if, like, I'm excited. Like, I, I keep going back and forth between, like, he's just going to get hurt again and, like, this might put us over the top. Like, I'm just – I'm so uh, – I don't know, man. You remember, you remember any given Sunday yeah. when um, Pacino goes up to uh, Dennis – 
and says, Cap, you're a warrior out there, but it's time for you to sit. Yeah. You know, it's a very touching moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way Bobby is. We got to look at Bobby at middle linebacker and just go, you were a warrior for us. He's a little bit, he's slow. They're they're taking advantage of that. So this is where I think Jamal Adams might help because he can be that enforcer up the middle. So if we can get him running downhill to help with some of these things, you know, I think we're in a better place. You can keep Bobby closer to the line of scrimmage. I think he can still tackle, but he can't run people down. We might have to, you know, move people over to to accommodate that, to hide him a bit. But so Mm -hmm. that's where I get a little optimistic with. um, Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I want to see what he, I mean, the guy is such a freak of nature athletically that I just want to see him play. I mean, this guy would be the best defensive player in the league if he could stay healthy. I feel, or at least in the years past, like yeah. he was just wrecking stuff a couple years ago. It happens that way. Kenneth Walker probably had his best game of the season. That too. was one of he my shout outs. Really uh, Kenneth Walker, the third had a good game, 97 rushing yards, 59 receiving and two total touchdowns. How about Zach Charbonnet just trucking that, uh, that DB for it was a good play. That was that was amazing. If you guys haven't seen that play, go go check it out. Walker's up to 277 all-purpose yards and four touchdowns on the seam on the season. I th- so that's important, you know, for us mm-hmm. to have him out there with that type of productivity. Um, he's not up there in the top 10 as far as rushing goes, but I'd like to see where he is um, for all-purpose and touchdowns. So he's doing very well for us. I agree. All right, the social event of the year. Chicago at Kansas City. Chicago looked like the worst team in the NFL in this game. Um, for Kansas City, I think it was a palate cleansing game. Yeah, they, they yeah, had right. struggled a bit offensively uh, through the first two games, but really brought it uh, versus Chicago. Um, I don't want to get into all the stats. They just they dominated. Um, it was yeah, what forty one to forty one to three. Just, Justin Fields led the Bears in passing and rushing Oof. with 99 yards through the air and 40, like, two yards rushing, I think. Just pathetic, man. 40, like, 41-10 was the final score, and I don't think yeah. it, it was even that close. Um, Kansas City plays the Jets, Minnesota, Denver, Chargers, and Denver again. They could be 7-1. and one leading up to their uh, November 5th matchup against Miami. Oof, that, that, that's going to be a huge game. game. Yeah, that'll be a game, big game. Um, um, this just in. Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I'm guessing what you're going to say. Go ahead. No. Uh, I, so I was just going to say uh, the Taylor Swift. Nope, I'm not talking about that okay. quite yet. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I don't give a shit about players' girlfriends or wives or any of that stuff. Like, it's just so... Like, if I see one more tweet about Taylor Swift sitting in the box, like, chest bumping people and saying, let's fucking go, and he scored a touchdown, I'm going to... For those of you who aren't familiar with who Jeremy is and um, kind of how he... He doesn't like joy. <laughs> joy. <laughs> we, oh, we, li- we live on a lake and... Um, well, we're neighbors, but we live on this lake, and 
when it's sunny, you can hear like kids playing and dogs barking and birds chirping. And it's very beautiful and soothing noises. And he gets irritated that kids are so loud. <laughs> That's not I don't know where you got that for like where when did From I say that? From your own mouth. When did I say that? I, I don't even remember that. Man, I didn't write it down. I don't remember. We'll go that. to the transcripts at some remember, point. I don't know, but man. we were all sitting there and you were talking about kids just need to shut up. I, I go, don't remember that at all. <laughs> Josh Josh can co sign it, so ask him. <laughs> okay. But that's what you're that that's just somebody enjoying Get themselves. The hell out of here. That's just somebody enjoying themselves. I love the kids, man. I love the kids. All right. Just my my what I was gonna say is uh Mahomes is really fun to watch. He is. He makes this throw where he kind of dodges he backpedals to his left or uh drops back to his kind of left angle, jumps up into uh into the pocket to avoid the to avoid the rush mm-hmm. and then there's a rush coming up the middle he sidesteps to his right jumps up in the air and throws a dot like 40 30 yards down field like i i don't know anybody that is that accurate while in the it's air impressive man i think if you watch take a moment and just watch his mannerisms watch his throwing angles watch his arm angles watch how accurate he is throwing from different platforms He's absolutely my favorite player to watch. He has such command of the game, of the football, of his body, um, of the situation that he's in. Um, yeah, no, he was. It was full funny. command. And then uh, after the game, when he's being interviewed by Aaron Andrews, he said uh, she asked if he knew that Taylor Swift was in the box, and he was like, "Yeah, that's why I wanted to make sure we got." Travis Kelsey a touchdown if she was here. I thought I mean, he's, the, the I bigger he's thing funny. was I that Tra- that Travis didn't run the route he was supposed to. Yeah. He was out there freelancing and they hooked they hooked up for a touchdown anyway. <laughs> That's hilarious. Did you hear also on the same staying on the Taylor Swift stuff, did you see that uh Travis Kelsey jersey sales are up like four hundred. I have some stats for you week. as we get into uh, herding goats. <laughs> okay. And then uh, the one other thing that, so the one tweet that did have me just chuckle a little bit was um, like a couple, like a guy and a girl, like with like a, a nasty look on their face, and it was like uh, Brittany and Jackson Mahomes in the box next to Taylor Swift, wanting you know, like trying to think of new TikTok uh, video ideas when Taylor Swift is right next to them and probably just dominating all the all the uh, air in the room. Well, that was a long story. I hope everyone oh, kept up with how funny that was. The one I saw God. was what was the better Kelsey Swift combination. Because Jason Kelsey and DeAndre, DeAndre Swift, Swift yeah. played uh-huh. on, uh, was, on Monday night. That was night. really funny, too. But it, go ahead. No, I was able, I was to, to, able to get it out in about eight Let's seconds. Let's go to the next That's game. Good. All right. Dallas at Arizona. I love this game. Um, there is a storm brewing in Arizona, and Dallas brought the rain. Who threw for his first interception of the year? A horrible, <laughs> a horrible one in the end zone. Um, with their team down 12. Now, for those of you who don't know, if Dak does well, I call him Dak. And if he doesn't do well, I call him Rain, his his first, his real first name. His middle name is Dakota, a.k.a. Dak. But Rain brought it. How much uh, of the Trevon, how much do you think the Trevon Diggs injury had to do with this uh, loss? Um, I think, honestly, I 
don't think it matters that much. I mean, the quarterback was Josh Dobbs, and the best receiver was um, Hollywood. Marquise Brown. Yeah, yeah, Marquise Brown. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals are just – I don't know what to think. Because they play every game they've been in. I mean, they were they were beating the Giants last week, right? Who do they play week one? I can't remember now. The, the, Washington. Yes, yeah, so they were. They, they almost beat them. Yeah, we've been watching Arizona play teams tough all season thus far. Uh, uh, Seattle's going to go down there and lose a game. Their issue was completing the effort, playing a full sixty minutes. They did that versus Dallas. They, they played they till looked, the whistle, the final they whistle. Good man, it was a, this was a beat down. So my shout out for the uh, for this game is the Arizona offensive line. They kept Dobbs pretty clean, only two sacks for eleven yards, um, and helped their offense with two hundred and twenty two rushing yards. James Conner looked good and man. two TDs. They controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides. Now Dallas had three starting, you know. Uh, offensive linemen down, mm-hmm. so that could have also a bit. That was probably the bigger story than yeah. than Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, but the Arizona dominated the offensive uh, the the line of scrimmage, and we've been talking about this for three seasons now. The line of scrimmage building from the offensive defensive lines out is, in my opinion, the best way to build a team. Not saying that either. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys use that equation to build their team out honestly but if you want to win a game if you're an underdog you control that line of scrimmage you beat that other team up Mm -hmm. eventually they will eventually you'll win yeah and that's what happened here dominate that line of scrimmage anything to add for this game no okay pittsburgh at las vegas this was a Fun game, I guess. Um, this game was more about Las Vegas losing than it was Pittsburgh winning. Yeah, I sent you that tweet about that Josh McDaniels is the first coach to kick a field goal down by yep. less than nine points in, with under in, a minute in the two point the conversion era. Yeah, okay. He's the only person to ever do that. I think the two point conversion came in in 2004. Yeah. So for the last 20 years, no one in that situation has ever. Kicked a field kicked goal. Kicked a field goal, down do eight. A, yeah, tried to do an onside kick or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so those who don't know, you get six points for a touchdown. I think that's pretty widely known. And then two-point conversion opportunity you can always take. So in this scenario, you want to go for the touchdown, right? And you want to get the six and then go for the extra, you know, the, the two-point conversion, tie the game up, and then let the chips fall with, with they make. Let your defense come in and stop them, have an opportunity to win the game, all you need is a field goal at that I, I, point. I appreciate you, Mike, because you just took double the time I took to talk about my Taylor Swift tweet. Yeah, but this is a football people, podcast. To explain to people that uh, that you get the six points Let, for a let's touchdown keep it rolling here. and two points for let's keep a two-point conversion. But <laughs> so Jimmy Jimmy G threw uh, three chuck and duck interceptions. Yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense. You're not. Yeah, like. F around and find out, basically, with yeah. their defense. You're not going to, yeah, have those, you know, little toss it down the field and, and expect it not to get picked off against them. Yeah, I said Pittsburgh had a very Pittsburgh day. So, average passing game. Running game was a little bit better. Uh, really good defensive play. No mistakes on offense. Three takeaways. George Pickens, baby. I, I texted Mike in the morning. I was like, uh, 
Jackson Smith and Jigbo or George Pickens. Uh, and he's, he wrote back, no Pittsburgh Steelers. But he wrote me back like 10 minutes after the game started, so I, did, I couldn't uh Well, couldn't I think I think what I said was take um, Jackson Smith and Jigba because yeah. I, I, that offense for Pittsburgh was not doing very no, well. No, they weren't. And, and he didn't do great. But and like then Jackson I followed that nothing. up with, actually, don't take my advice <laughs> because <laughs> I am not good at picking fantasy players and – you know, in situational yeah. uh, times. I, so, I just don't understand how Pittsburgh – I feel like Pittsburgh's offense should be better than it is. They just should – I mean, like, I, I think – I like uh, their it's, running it's back. It's their offensive line. Yeah, I like their running back, but he can't get going. Um, they need to square up their offensive line. My guess is they'll figure out ways to – as the year goes on um, to, to, to help with that. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So this was the game where, or this is the week where Brandon Staley goes in and goes for it on fourth and, and fourth and I think two um, on his own twenty-five and didn't get it and almost lost the game. Then Josh McDaniels comes in. Call him Bizarro McDaniels because Mike McDaniels says, had a really hold my good. Beer. Yeah, he says hold my beer and then. Kicks a field goal down eight. Yeah. Um, I think right now Josh is holding the belt for um, worst, worst coach. coach. Yeah. At, at this moment. Yeah. Brandon Staley's not far. I I, I long for the day that I see Brandon. I, Staley's I hear you, but fired. you if we're stack ranking these things. Yeah. Anyways, all right. All right. So enough of that. Let's one. head to Monday night. We had two games. First game, Philly at Tampa Bay. I think Baker came crashing down to earth. Big time. I put, um, I put Baker Mayfield turned back into a pumpkin. I would say anyone would with baby rhino chasing you down all over the field. So that guy just like gets into your offense so fast. The fact that Seattle passed on him is just going to eat away at me forever. I swear to God. <laughs> and I, I believe it. Things do eat away at you just, quite a it bit. It drives me crazy, man, just knowing that he was... And we talked we talked about earlier about dominating the trenches. Philly did that in this game. They do- dominated the offensive and defensive lines. It really wasn't. It, it wasn't it was, a the game wasn't as close as the score indicates. Exactly. Is what I put. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Swift, man, that might be the steal of the off season. Like, how was Detroit? There not you go. The Kelsey Swift combination. They're much man. better. Jesus. All right. So Jalen, something to watch. Jalen had two more turnovers. It's kind of becoming a trend. I gotta watch out for that. Yeah, I think he has six turnovers in, in three, three games. games. That's that's a lot. Now he had 17 total last year, but we're man, we're way ahead of schedule on that. Yeah. So it's time to like big time take a chill pill, as my parents used to say. <laughs> Hold on to the ball, bro. <laughs> All right. All right. Last game of the week three. Right, yep. uh, Rams the Rams at Cincinnati. This was huge. This was a huge win, not only for Cincinnati but for me and my Super Bowl pick. Um, they were on the verge of going zero and three, which would have decimated their playoff chances. Yeah. But they get out. They uh, they gut it out at home during that whiteout primetime game. Yeah. Uh, well, plus with uh, Baltimore losing as well, and. Um... You know, I mean, it's they're they're still they're right in the thick of things. Exactly, being one and two. Yeah, yeah. I, I just had Bengals had no choice but to win this game. They had to win this game. 
Um, and they gutted it out. I mean, it was a close game. Talking about Baker Mayfield crashing back down there with Matt Stafford as well, really. He had a few pit or how many picks? Two picks, Two yeah. picks. I think that's a function. And the same guy, Logan William, Wilson. Right. I think that was more of a function of the defense okay. uh, that Lou Anarumo was putting into place than him falling down to earth. Because okay. he had a bunch of other good throws, accurate throws, pushing it downfield. Yeah. Just as the game wore on, they put a lot of pressure on him. Puka Nakua, the story of the NFL so far this year, uh, he he only had five catches in this game, but still had 70, you know, 72 yards, compared, which is great for a rookie uh, wide receiver. It's better than Jackson Smith and Jigba's done all year. And... Uh, yeah, it just just was a, a huge step down from what he's been doing. But, I mean, we see this, this, right? Point. We see this from time to time. Now, like we talked about speeding up the clock to help your offense get the ball out, help your quarterback. Right. Burrow's been hurt, isn't as mobile. So it looked like they sped up uh, the clock for Burrow. Um, for most of the game, he had the ball out less than two and a half seconds. I mean, Chase was eating on those short passes with mm-hmm. the yak. Um, he caught 12 passes for 141 yards. Looked he looked great. really good. Looked yeah, great. Mil- Mixon, Milken, Mi- uh, Mixon looked good on the scoring drive. Yeah, um, he that. Uh, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, the run game wasn't a huge factor outside of that scoring drive, though. Yeah, I agree. They need to get better there. It's been a couple years now. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think the worst thing that I saw from Cincinnati was T. Higgins had a bad game. He had eight targets and only two catches, and I saw four horrendous drops. Um, yeah, I mean, it's almost like you could see him dejected, like he was losing confidence real time. So it's time to help get him back into there. He had two touchdowns the week before that really put them in a position um, to try and win that game against Baltimore, which they only lost by three. So they need him on that team. They need him with that confidence. He just had a bad game. That he did, and I know you uh, had texted me during that during the game, like, T. Higgins needs to catch the damn ball. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, on the other side of the ball, um, the Rams were pretty par for the course, right? Strong up front. Uh, ben don't break. Uh, strong up front on defense. Ben don't break secondary. And uh, at least early on, they were pretty efficient in the passing game. Um yeah, so I, I bet on this game at Cincinnati minus three, and thought I was great. I was like, all right, I'm gonna win this. this. And then Van Jefferson got that backdoor cover and made me want to throw my remote control through the TV. <laughs> to my earlier point, uh, Safford got sacked six times. He just didn't seem uh, very comfortable in the pocket after, you know, after the half. Just kind of right. like getting a little wiggly in there. Yep. All right, so that is our overview for week three. Um, All right, we're going to look forward. Yeah, let's look forward uh, at week four. So what do you got as far as games you're looking forward to? So the first one I had on here, um, just the first game of the week, Lions and Packers. Uh, I want to see see what they're going to do. Um, just how they interact with, you know, what, what what the breakdown looks like, especially on a short week. I'm assuming the Packers are probably it's at it's their home. They're getting all these guys back that they've been missing the last couple weeks. 
Um, I'm assuming that the Packers are going to win this game, but I think it'll be a, a tight one and uh, should be an exciting game, hopefully, for a Thursday that we haven't seen too many great games on. Well, Detroit is minus one and a half as of right now. Um, the, so the away team. I think I may uh, go put some money on that one. On Green Bay. I just I don't trust either of these two teams right now. Um, they've been kind of all over the board. It's one thing if you like Atlanta goes in and then runs the ball again and and Green Bay wins. Fine, I'm okay with that. But you see the consistency to oh they have a really good running game mm-hmm. or this team has a really good defense. Now there's right. some teams you can go like Kansas City, even despite some of their offensive problems, they're still scoring. Their, their defense is looking good. You can kind of hang your hat on a couple of things. I don't know what right. these two teams have that I can hang my hat on. Yeah, yeah. Um, next game I had was Dolphins and Bills. That should be uh, be interesting to see if Buffalo's really back or they were just playing the Washington Commanders. Um, and to see if you know, the Dolphins have a let, uh, let down after uh, blowing out Denver. Um, next game I had was the Ravens and Browns really want to see where they, these teams are. So um, I don't think there's any way that Baltimore is going to move the ball against Cleveland. But yeah, I, I need I need off. to be sure. I was really tempted at Cleveland minus two and a half at I, home. That's one that I took that. That's um, I on. If you believe Cleveland defense and D. Watt, Deshaun Watson can get 20. If you be, Let me restate that with a comma. If you believe that the Cleveland defense – is for real and that the offense and uh, Deshaun Watson can put up 20 points then you hit this all day yeah now if you don't believe in Watson uh, you stay away I don't know if I believe in Watson I don't believe I mean I don't want to believe in Watson um, regardless if I do or not but I did go with this game but um Anyways, I think it will be a good game regardless. I wanna, I'm, It'll be fun. I'm anxious to see see what the Ravens can do against that It'll defense. Uh, Steelers and Texans, I have. Um, wow. I'm inter- I, I want to. I'm buying. I'm buying CJ Stroud's stock right now, and I want to see his first what, real test. Yeah, it? I want to see what what he looks like against a, a good defense. with that pressure. Yep. Um, and then uh, Bucks and Saints was my last game that I was interested in seeing. And, and I'm going to throw uh, just because you that. You had some dogs in there, man. I just, Bucks and Saints, man. They were, they were that both, doesn't uh, sound undefe- fun They were at both all. undefeated until. I, I like the Saints. I'm, I'm a fan of the Saints defense. Big defense time. is fun, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other game I do want to see just out of like. Morbid curiosity. Morbid curiosity <laughs> is the Bears and Broncos. Ah. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Look what, for what? Russell Wilson, another 300 um God, I hope game. not. <laughs> All right, so we already, already discussed uh, Baltimore at Cleveland. I wanted to take a look at Washington at Philadelphia. Um, Washington was 2-0 and going into this week before they gave up you know, nine sacks and four picks. This is a really a make-or-break game for Washington, in my opinion, and it has a weird line. Philly, um, minus 8.5. I haven't seen anything out of a Philadelphia uh, offense that says that they can put a team down, especially with a defense like this, uh, by over a touchdown. Yeah. So let's watch the line. I'm not betting on it because I it just it's like a yeah, weird I'm not line. Going down this road but uh, yet, nonetheless, an interesting game. And my final kind of like I want to see this game before I get into my bets was New England at Dallas. I think this is going to be an be ugly game. game. 
Um, but the, the question for me is, can Dallas get dirty? Because that, because Bill Belichick's going to pull them into the muck. Can they get dirty and win the game? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I, I'm looking forward to that one too. All right, so bets for week. What is this? Four. Yep. I have Miami money line at Buffalo. I think Miami's going to win outright. Uh, plus one twenty twenty eight. Um, I think they're a better team. It's early on in the year as well. Miami is really good early on before it gets cold. Even though it's Buffalo at home, yada yada. I still think they have an opportunity. Their safeties are old. A little the back on the back end of that Buffalo defense. Like, can they keep up with the speed? Yeah, Miami's lucking out getting them in Buffalo in in uh, early. September. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the or I guess that's October, the, the, the big question is can they keep to a clean? He's only been sacked once this year, and him being upright and making those quick passes, quick accurate passes in those huge windows is imperative for their success. If Buffalo can disrupt that, then Buffalo has a chance to win, and if and, the, and if Miami's defense can minute, mitigate Josh Allen's impact, right. I think this is. You know, Miami walks out of that stadium with a victory. Yes, All right, my second pick is Minnesota minus three and a half over Carolina. I really think this is the time for Minnesota to get off uh, the Schneid, and I think they're going to destroy well. the secondary um, of Carolina. They're just going to continue to push the ball down the field. Yeah. Again, warm, warm. Well, Cam Akers is probably going to get implemented into that offense as well. Did Did he sign with Minnesota? Yeah, no, he got traded there for something. He got he got traded, traded there. Yeah. Okay. Going into last week. Yeah, and, that that's that helps for sure. Yeah, and I, I, feel I think like running him, backs him are and, easy to integrate. Him and Alexander Madison, I think, could be a nice one-two punch there for them. So. Yeah. So, anyways, I got Minnesota minus me, me minus well. three and a half. Me as well. All right. Any, anything to add to that game? Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm same basically at all the same points as okay. you did. I cool, think cool. I, Carolina's just not they're not going to do a whole hell of a lot against a team like Minnesota. I, I think Minnesota's a better team than an zero and three team for sure. Yes, they just have had, had a few. They've had they, a few. They've had players. a, and a, it's been all one score games. It's just that they, yeah, yeah the odds are, are balancing out on them. I guess a little bit this year. So all right, so these next three for me are kind of like whoo. So I have Las Vegas plus five. Uh, five and a half at San Diego. I think most of the people in SoFi State. You said San Diego. <laughs> Jesus, I did it again. Uh, the yeah, LA Chargers. Um, oh, you actually wrote it down. In San I, put, Diego. I put SD. <laughs> so stupid. I love it. Just my brain. I know. Me too. I, I do it every time. All too. right. So I I did say SoFi. That is in LA. Um, I think there's going to be more Raiders fans. Oh yeah. At that stadium than there are going to be I'm Chargers sure. fans. Uh, Chargers are missing. Well, J.C. Jackson just got arrested. I saw that. That's crazy. Um, I believe um, who's their their safety? He has a hamstring. Derwin James. Derwin James has a hamstring. Mike Williams is gone. Yeah. I think they're hobbled. The the Chargers. I just don't think they're going to be. They might win. But are they going to win by a touchdown? I don't think so. I wonder if this rookie kid gets in there. And I want to see Aiden O'Connell as no, the Raiders No, I starter. was going to say for uh, the rookie wide receiver. He can't, for, uh, he can't get on the field. I mean, I, maybe he does now, but he had one catch. Well, now I'm just saying now that Mike Williams is injured, I want to see what 
if he's he, able he to... He was... I think he was fourth on the depth chart. Oh, fourth golly. or fifth on the depth, depth chart. That's tough. That's a bad pick. Yeah. He may not be made for this. Who right. knows? All right. He was built for it, but not made for it. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. All right. So, yeah. Las Vegas uh, plus five and a half. We'll see. Okay. I don't, e- I don't even think they'll win necessarily. But that's that's a lot of points that for that, that Chargers team to overcome. Yeah. All right. I have Arizona plus 14 over San Francisco, uh, uh, at San Francisco. Not over, but okay. at San Francisco. I think Arizona's playing teams really tough. I don't I, think I there's any scenario where they win this game. No. I don't think there's any scenario where they win this game. You but think they're able to keep it close enough? I think they're going to keep it under two scores. Yeah. All right. Is that the last one? Or you My last one, one is KC at the New York Jets. Um, you love giving points, bro. I I'm love it. I'm going plus right. nine and a half Whew. with the Jets. Oh, you're taking the Jets? Plus nine and a half. Ooh, that's a ballsy move. I just think that the Jets' defense is really, really good. They are. And... I just I expect the Chiefs to put up some points. I just if it's a 15-10 game again or something like that. This is probably my my most gutsy pick, but but 9 points is quite a bit to give a professional football team. So yeah. that's why I, that, I thought that number was really weird. Right. So I'm playing a little weird. Um, we'll see how it goes. All right, so yeah, um, I know we already. I already mentioned that I had clear. I already mentioned Minnesota minus three and a half at Carolina, so got that one. Cleveland minus two and a half uh, against Baltimore. I just think that I'm not ready. I, I think that Baltimore, after this last week, really, I don't trust their offense, and I think Cleveland's defense is really, really good. Really, really good. So I, I mean, generational, that, even yeah. we'll see. That that's basically what I'm what I'm banking on, and then uh, my third one is New Orleans minus three versus Tampa. I just think I like I said, man, I'm in love with this New Orleans defense. But I may, but who's good quarterback? I know be? that's what I was thinking too. I may I may be backing out of this one. We'll we'll see. No, it's um, it's on wax, dude. You can't well, put it in your put it in same, your table. Same. I I edit this podcast so I can uh, do whatever I want. Um, I'm gonna start AIing you, being like I like the. New Orleans Saints. No. Uh, so those are my three. Um, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about uh, which car brother is there that's injured. Derek. Bro. One of those guys. Is that uh, a bit that you do? I just or don't do you care just, You just don't to, remember? Just don't so it's a bit. But you know to, it's Derek Carr, though, right? Yeah, I, I, okay. 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 Anyway. I'll go with the bit as long right. as I know what I'm doing. All right. So anyway, those are my three games for the week. I'm probably going to lose them all, but we'll see. Love me a good uh, road uh, road favorite. Honestly, I'm looking at these right now, and I think I'm going to be after the weeks uh, after the dust settles. I'll probably be right around sixty yeah. percent in my in my picks overall. Well, <laughs> There's some tough ones you. in here. All right, so your question of the week. Okay, first of all, uh, week three road teams were eight and eight. They're they're getting better each week. So they've uh, they've they've got climbed back to five. The home teams you're saying. Well, whatever, road teams, home teams. So, yeah, I guess home teams are climbing back. Anyway. You're mentioning this because yes. the, that the road no, teams disproportionately right. had, victories had victories over home yes. tongue, but it's okay. now Sorry. starting to even out. Sorry, Mike. Thank you I for I just want to create context. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Okay, so putting politics aside, who is the better pass-rushing brother duo, the Watt brothers or the Bosa brothers? Watt brothers. I think I mean they've done it for a long. JJ course, for sure. was uh, analytical evolution during that twelve to two thousand twelve two thousand fifteen run. He was one of the few defensive players in history to have a plus point to, uh, effect on a game. 
That's, that's when you have a defensive player that says, when he plays, you get a point. <laughs> it equals a point. I don't know a lot of defensive players that are like that. Uh, you were able to play J.J. inside, outside. He had uh, two pick sixes in his career, 17 fumble recoveries. This guy was a beast. And T.J. is like right behind him. He's a uh, Pittsburgh sack leader already after seven seasons. Um, wow. He just his speed jumps off the screen. I never thought he was. I was just when like, he picked up they? that ball, it just oh, like me me. Yeah, he was gone. It was no joke. I, I was shocked. I, I didn't really follow his college career, so I didn't know. But I I was just like, this guy's just getting drafted in the first round because he's JJ uh, Watt's brother. I mean, shout out to the Bosa crime family, but they're good. They're injured oft. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but they're like, put put your hand in the dirt in a seven technique and mm-hmm. cut you loose. I mean, like, there's not a lot of... And that is super valuable in the NFL, so don't get me wrong. But that's a very particular, yeah. specific thing. I like the uh, the, dur- the uh, flexibility of the of yeah. the Watt brothers. I like it. Uh, that's That was my pick, too. So All right, so take corner. You said you had a couple. Why don't you just fire yours off? Um, well, I just I really just have one, and that is that... I'm putting the over under. I, I think I told you I was being a little hyperbolic. I said I don't think Russell Wilson's starting more than three more games for for the Broncos. So I would put him at five. I'm putting it at four and a half now. Um, the over under. So you said three more games right after the second. I'm week. just saying, like from this point, I'm putting the over under. That he doesn't play. Way, no, that the rest of the way that he starts four and a half games is the over under point. Oh, I'm not f- sure if it's five more or four more. Let, let me let me let me clarify. Not four and a half games on the season, but four and no. a half games from week two. From weeks from now. So six, where we're at now, going so, into week four. So I think. seven and a half games on the season. Just well, I'm so, putting it at four and a half now. So uh, yeah, so yeah, seven and a half games. Just weird way of saying stuff, man. I have to clarify. Okay, okay seven. sorry. I'm saying like from this point. Four and a half more games. Is the four and a half is the over under on how many more games he's Week starting. three plus four and a half, seven and a half. God, you got to figure God it out. God damn it, Mike. Wh- whatever you want to call it, okay? Seven and a half or the, is the over under on how many games he <laughs> this plays. This is how over and unders are calculated. Okay, anyway. When I mess up on these things, I, okay. I have to hear about it from you for like okay. three weeks. Anyway, so seven and a half games is the over under on how many games Russell Wilson will start in 2023. I just feel like... How much you want to put? I you gonna take the under? Or are you just setting the over? I think under I think I think I'm going under. I'm at this point. If you I'm set it at under. seven and a half, you have to be confident uh, to some extent. I think it's one or the other. It's either seven or eight. All right. But I I think it's close. But I just you know I saw a, a thing. I don't know if can it, I can I have a caveat question before you get into that? Yeah. Is that because you fear injury, or is that because you just think he'll no, get pulled? I think that I, I don't think Sean Payton likes him or trusts him. And I think if barring injury, he plays the entire season. Okay. Um, so I saw a clip of Terry Bradshaw talking about him. Ugh. Another and, old head. <laughs> well, Terry Bradshaw Senile. was Terry Bradshaw and uh, Sean Payton shared a studio last did a studio show together last year, and Terry Bradshaw said this is not his guy. He was straddled with him when he got there. He needs to find his quarterback, and I think that that's happening. I, I think they signed Jared Stidham because I think there was something in Jared Stidham that Sean Payton liked, and I think he's going to turn to him eventually. 
honestly, that's the kind of decision. I know he has a lot of leeway, Sean Payton, but that's the kind of decision that a guy way too confident in his ability to coach a f- coach football takes. You don't bring well, in a then, back. Who do you think you Sean bring, Payton is? Sean Payton bring, is that what you just said? Is That's who Sean Payton is. But my point is, it's not a good move. And he's turning, he, he might reveal himself not a good co- uh, coach. Because anyone who takes Jared Stidham over a perennial starting quarterback because he's because the starting quarterback is quote unquote not his guy needs to be fired. I'm not saying it's not true, and I do agree that Russell Wilson's having a good year, but they're still not scoring points. They're not getting in the end zone. They're not winning games. I know egos enter into this mix quite often when we talk about football and firing and hiring and who we bring in. I get that mm-hmm. part, but I just. All things equal out. I have to win football games. And Peyton's not saying, I want to stop winning football games. So I think ultimately what these guys do is they put the people in that they feel that have the best chance to get that W. And I don't think that will ever be Stidham. Okay. We'll see. Indeed we will. Anyway, that's my uh, take. All right. So I wanted to start off Take Corner with the latest news on Damian Lillard traded to the Milwaukee Bucks from the Portland Trailblazers. Shout out, Dame. You hit me to this. I didn't even know it was happening. I was like working and stuff. And this is what uh, we have. Uh, So Lillard goes to Milwaukee as a part of a three-team deal where Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and Tumani Kamara, uh, a 2029 unprotected Milwaukee pick, Milwaukee first and an unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030 go to the Blazers. Uh, Phoenix lands Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nassar Little, and Keon Johnson. And of course, Milwaukee gets Damon Lillard. I think this is about as win, 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 win as you can get. So you were rattling off some really dope and fresh hot takes with regard to this. So I'll give you the floor. So what what's your take on it for Milwaukee and Dame Lillard? I think that Damian Lillard getting paired with Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo is – I mean, that's like offensively, that is insane. If Chris Middleton is healthy, their defense is going to be great. I know they lost Drew Holiday, who is a is a great on ball defender. That you made the point, that, elite. Yeah, I mean, he's like next level, which is going to help Portland get something else because Drew Holiday is making like thirty five million dollars a year and is not a guy that needs to be playing on a a rebuilding uh, Portland team. So I think that it, I think Damian Lillard is in a much. I know he wanted to go to Miami and play with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I think he's in a much better situation for his career, like winning. Sure. Being in, I I I think. On a I think my, Yeah, well, Miami. If, if Dame goes to Miami, they're probably the equivalent of Milwaukee without Dame, like, right. Like they would be like kind of neck and neck with Boston. It would be like a three headed kind of monster in the East. But now I think obviously they're the, this is the team of the the team to be in the Eastern conference. When you come to 
Phoenix, I've been I've been kind of following all this stuff pretty closely. Phoenix wanted to move DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton doesn't fit with Kevin Durant. Um, who's the guy from? Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, thank you. And uh, God damn it, what's uh, the other kid? Devin Booker. Devin Booker, thank you. He doesn't fit with those three guys. Um, Portland getting Ayton is the best they. I mean, he was the number one pick. Four years ago, he's he's only twenty five years old. Number one pick, he's probably the second best center in the NBA behind uh, Nikola jo- Nikola Jokic. Who? DeAndre Ayton. Embiid. Oh, Embiid. Yeah, sorry. Embiid goes out and shoots threes, though. I don't. I don't but think still. I, Ayton's. Ayton's. Ayton's good. Ayton's his best ten. Oh, center. Come on, man. Anyway, he can't uh, finish. He's not a really good defender. He's good. Kind of whiny. He's good enough. He'll be I good think, enough. I think, fine, but, I think but this, top three. I think no. this is going in, from the. There's no centers anymore, man. There's very few centers. Dude, we can we can debate this. Anyway, I, I need to dig into who's playing anyway, center, but there's no way DeAndre. Ayton's DeAndre top three Ayton. This was like the best case scenario for Portland. I feel like getting DeAndre Ayton. Well, you you had the Drew Holiday comment that maybe they don't. He, that may Drew not be Holiday's Drew, Drew get, Holiday's last no, landing No, he's going to get moved somewhere else. And I think that was a clever call by you because that is a massive asset. A lot of teams need wing defenders, on-the-ball defenders, uh, people that can kind of control the It's Well, and I feel like— How for, about if he was—trade— um, Now, you don't trade for um, Chris Paul because he's too old. You don't want Chris Paul on the, on, on right. the Blazers, but— Put Chris Paul on, or put uh, Drew Holiday on the uh, Warriors. Warriors. That's that's fierce, man. That would be a that would be a hell of a team, hell of a compliment to. Uh, Honestly, Clay Drew Holiday Steph. on Phoenix. Yeah. Although yeah, that's that, a lot of guards. Yeah, that is a lot of guards. Um, I just feel like, and the other thing from Portland's perspective, you're getting pick swaps in 28 and 30, and a, a first round pick, an unprotected first round pick in 29. So right there's when you, a, right when you hit, huge right chance. after that first wave, you get all of these picks hit coming your way. Well, and there and there's a huge chance that Giannis and I mean Dame's probably done in five years. Like that's that's five years from now before you have the first chance at one of those picks. So there Dame's is a, there likely, is an eleven year old out there crossing over, folks. <laughs> that's going to be playing on this day. Right, on this I know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm looking excited. forward to that. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, I think Portland did better than than I expected them to do. So I'm, I'm I figured they were going to end up with Tyler Hero and a bunch of draft picks from Miami, which uh, the, good on them that they were able to keep looking. All right, so the three teams evolved here. Milwaukee better than they were 100%. before the trade. Okay. Portland better than before the, the trade. No, but they didn't have a choice. They had to trade Damian Lillard, and I think they did as well as they could have done. How about better for what their plan yes. trajectory was? Yes. Okay. Not being held captive by Dame. That, yes. That's actually a benefit to them, if you will. Okay, so at least a push maybe? Yeah. And I, and I think Phoenix was a push. I think Phoenix... They got a toxic guy out. They did what they wanted to do. They, they got... Nur- Nurkic barely averages less points and rebounds per game. But he's than, hurt a lot. Grayson Allen may be a wing scorer for them, but he's kind of inconsistent. Yeah. Nassar, Litter, uh, Nassar, Nassar Little 
is a good kind of rotational bench guy. Yeah. So well, I think, they're they're paper thin. That's why they had to do this. Yeah, you know what I mean? They need so, bodies. I, I think that I honestly I think they're a better team without with swapping DeAndre Ayton for those four players. I think they're going to be a crazy scoring team. You're going to have maybe some reminiscent of the old um, Nash. Yeah, Nash and uh, what was his name? Uh, no, I was almost said Van Gundy, but it was uh, who was their coach. Uh, D'Antoni. Yeah, Mike D'Antoni. D'Antoni. It was yeah. fun. All right, enough about the trade. Uh, a lot of fun for that to have oh, that yeah. come up. That was uh, that was good. I spent a good hour of uh, trying to finish getting Deep ready diving. for the for the podcast. I'm just like I couldn't stop like looking up different stuff about the trade. I was like, so <laughs> excited. So all right, so um, my first like real hot take outside of that was. Um, Actually, we were going to do that in the diversity section. We kind of came up a little yeah, early yeah. on Damon. No, that's, so that's, that's why I wasn't that's really expecting bad. it, but no, that's it's my all bad. Good. All right, so my first hot take: Is Trevor Tracker? was no. Okay, was Stefan Diggs right about everything? What? He, you remember how he, he's very like like complaining in the media and yelling on the sidelines and really frustrated when he's not getting the ball. And when that happens, it's when Josh Allen is like out of his mind. He's just YOLO and everything. Right. And he's out there like, ah. And then Josh Allen has to spend all of this time like, no, we're good. It's, he's, a, he's a great player. Right. You know, blah, blah, blah. Since Josh had decided to stop pulling that kind of stuff, he's been very like at peace. It's Zen digs almost. Yeah. And I'm thinking like this guy, he's vocal. But he might he might be right. Like, hey dude, if you just do these things, we'll be fine. So that yeah. was one of my takes. Okay. Uh, my next take is Houston might be the most competent team in the AFC South. I don't know about complete team yet. Right. But they have a great quarterback. Um, they have a decent running game. I like their head coach. They got a lot. some burners that can get downfield. I like their the defensive minded coach. Mm-hmm. Has that defense playing together very well? They got yeah. Stingley as as a corner. He's really good. Yeah, I forgot about him. Oh, was it Williams? Their first round pick. That dude is looking at like defensive rookie of the year. I think it's Williams. Get out of Alabama. Oh no! Uh, what the hell was his name? Not Williams. Uh, I think we be doing a podcast like a Jesus Christ. I wanted the Seahawks to get him. They traded up to number three to grab him. It's uh Jesus Christ, he would have been the first round or the top five pick last year too. Will Anderson. Will Anderson. That's why I had the will in my mind. Yeah, so that guy is looking really, really good. Yep. Alright, so yeah, that was one take. Oh, big idea. Uh watching Matt Gray just like own the Ravens the other day. I thought let's time it's time for a change in the NFL. So how about we make field goals of one to thirty nine yards, three points, forty to forty nine yards, four points, and fifty football. plus Fantasy five points. Take on why, like why don't why aren't why aren't we doing this? That'd be fun. Sixty yarders. It would throw. Six. I mean, Vegas would go crazy trying oh, to. Oh man, how fun would that? That would be fun exactly, as hell, wouldn't man. it? That would be. I, I like it. I like the idea. And then man. Josh Daniels can like kick all the field goals he wants to. Could you imagine <laughs> oh, on first down, God. like them just like I gotta kick the sixty-five yard field yeah. goal right now because we're, we're four points down. Right, it's the only chance we have. <laughs> be great. I'd love to see it. I love it. That would be. That's a great idea. All right, let's wrap this up with or take corner up with uh, the Trevor Tracker. Not that good. Um, 
Week three uh, versus Houston at home. He seems to be really bad at home, really bad home crowds. Jacksonville is like, I don't even want to make a new stadium or whatever the heck they're, no, they're, they're arguing they're about over there. They're going to be playing in, uh, in London in like three years. Probably not really, but... Well, I think they'll probably add, like... I, mean, what's I know feasible? Shad Khan wants to move them over there, but... Uh, I, don't, I think it's a horrible idea. I <laughs> the value of your franchise will plummet. All right, anyway, so 68%. He was 27 for 40, 68%, 279 yards, and a touchdown, a pick, and added 12 yards. Here's the key. His MVP odds uh, went from plus 1,200 to plus 2,000. So a lot of people jumping that ship. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's almost the quarter point of the season. It's hard to... Uh... Well, especially last year was the same thing. They looked horrible about those first three. You didn't know what Jacksonville team you were getting yeah. for the first six weeks. And then all of a sudden, bam, they figure it out. Right. So I'm waiting, kind of waiting for that. It's yeah, just fun to just 2000, see where the MVP is. I might is. throw a couple bucks on that, actually. It's right up there, right? Yeah. I was going to, like, I was I was thinking about betting at 1600 mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm doing it at 16, I might as well do it at two. Yeah. All right. Enough of take corner. Let's right. head on to our diversity. So I only had one thing on my diversity section, and it's a guilty pleasure. I'm not proud of it. Uh-oh. But um, I, I basically don't watch any network television shows. It's only, like, Netflix, HBO, things like that. Only prestigious television yeah, for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I... So my uncle got me on to Big Brother for the first time in, like, 20 years. And it is, like the most hilarious just like not have to think about what you're watching not have to like give it too much attention or you know like it's just it's it's hilarious you, and you do I've like your had, stories um how many episodes have you watched so far i've watched them all like 20 for this season it's on three yeah it's on like three days a week for oh, an hour okay that's a lot of episodes. It for is you to a continue lot. To watch. It, it is a lot, but it's I would have figured very like, funny. like these types of shows. I just remember about five or six. It just gets repetitive, and I'm just like, ugh. It's it's so funny, I man. Can't they, like I just want to know who at CBS like sits in the back room and like cooks up these ideas. Like, oh, let's have them try this game or that game or whatever. Like competition, like competition shows. I'm pretty much in on for the most part, but. Well, it's got to be like, you know, Chili's or something. They have like these executive chefs that are in a building somewhere in like New Mexico. Yeah. Coming up with all of these different dishes. Add nacho cheese to it. It'll be even better. And they're just trying trying different things. And I'm sure, I think it's CBS, right? Yeah. CBS has that same thing where they have yeah. people actually have to compete and be able to win at these things. Mm-hmm. So like Survivor, there was somebody coming up with the games and then they would have to compete in said games to see if it was even feasible for right. them to be able to do it. So I just see a bunch of like writers or idea guys like just having like axes swung at them and <laughs> going uh, to the hospital and stuff. It's good, good, uh, it's good mind numbing television though. Yeah. So good I, I need that every once in a while. All right. So I had a bit of a sci-fi movie marathon this weekend. We watched kind of three on Saturday, just bam, bam, bam. We're just in a mood. The first one was, it's a new one on Hulu called No One Will Save You. It's essentially an alien abduction movie with a little of like, I'm going to fight back kind of too. There was probably three words spoken in the entire movie. Wow. Um, which is very unique. So the the actress had to do an actor actor had to have a lot of like facial um 
<laughs> they had to act with their face. Like okay. they had to project all this emotion and, and fear and anger Interesting. and all this stuff through just their physical acting. She did a fantastic job. I thought it was a great movie. Even a weird ending to throw in there, which they always do for alien abduction movies. Was she abducted? Is she not? Right. Like all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it was a really good movie. It was called, again, uh, No One Will Save You on Hulu. Okay. We transitioned right into The Girl With All The Gifts. That's on Amazon right now, but I think it's leaving by the end of the month. So you should catch up on it soon. This was a book that was put in uh, by the same name that was a movie was made um, and was the basis for The Last of Us. It was essentially oh, creating okay. um, like a, a zombie apocalypse with the fungi and how they were like growing these kids to then be the cure, which was the Ellie character essentially mm-hmm. in Last of Us, where she was the cure or right. that's what they thought. Um, so it's very similar and parallel in that regard. But it was a really good movie about this kid getting this group of uh, ragtag, you know, military installation people try to get them to safety. And it was, it I was really good. I love The Last good. of Us. I might check that out. Yeah. A girl with the, with all the gifts. Yeah. It's really good. Um, the final uh, one we watched was Snowpiercer, which is like completely bonkers idea. Um, that's they also like on a Amazon. TV, didn't they make it into a TV show as well? Yeah. They made like, it into a TV show. TNT but the, the, the basis of this is like the the globe has frozen essentially, and in order to save humanity, they uh, built this massive train that just perpetually moves like I don't know nuclear engine type of thing, but not that. Mm-hmm. And that the train is divided into the cars, which are like different parts of society: so low class, middle class, upper class, mm-hmm. and the people at the back of the train need to get to the front of the train and they basically will need they want to because they're tired of getting shit on and all this kind of other stuff and they basically fight from train to train to train to try to get up to the front and by the time they get there it's like chris evans and like this uh other protagonist and it's just like Mm -hmm. it's completely bonkers um it's super violent which is i don't know give or take it's like a lot of blood and a lot of killing and stuff like that but done in a really like effective way so i thought it was a really good movie as well so it was a fun night of just sci-fi and violence and zombie attacks and alien abductions it was a lot of fun man you are a soldier (laughs) um all right so is that the last i got got one more more? thing it's just it's it's just a quick one okay espn's late night commercials are a tad gauche so I was watching, uh, I think it was a feed for Connecticut or something for ESPN. And it's like, it's like late, late night, right? It was right after, uh, it was uh, Scott Van Pelt doing post Monday night. Uh-huh. It's like one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> East Coast time or midnight. And it's okay. just like generic um, blue, p- what are the blue pills? Uh, Viagra, Viagra g- yeah. generic <laughs> Viagra ads. And all of these, these crazy. Th- I'm just like, what am I watching? I feel like I'm watching Spike TV right now, at like midnight. Like, what is this? This is a major like network. This is Disney. This is the advertising That's that they're crazy. selling this time of night, like cryptocurrency <laughs> and you know, 
dick pills. Fantastic. It's just a. It was just a nightmare. Fantastic. All right, so let's wrap this up with uh, herding goats. Um, so, what was your good? Uh, my good week? was the grace that Deion Sanders showed in losing, not just losing and getting. Their, they were handled. They got their asses. Beat. They were handled. Um, it's like you know, he said, you know, we're we're building this thing. This isn't going to be the last time we lose. Like, good job to Oregon. Congratulations, you know. I mean, just I, I just thought that he could have gone out there with all like the little barbs going back and forth, and it felt like so many people. It, it feels like this is really like divided. Ever like you either love Dion, you hate Dion. Like I know my brother Matt hates Dion. My buddy Jimmy loves Dion. Uh, it's just it goes back and forth, man. Well, I would have really been surprised that Jimmy liked yeah. Dion. Um, Me too. So one, one of the things that he. Not Jimmy, but Dion does yeah. or doesn't do. He doesn't code switch. Right. Now, this is a term that my wife introduced me to me this week after I was describing how much I liked him and all the things that he said and has been doing. Mm-hmm. So um, he doesn't change his tone, his type of speech or anything to placate to any other group. Yeah. So it's, I think that's one of the reasons that people of a certain age or place or ethnicity or race don't appreciate him at all. I mean, if you look at what he's accomplished his entire career from college to the NFL to baseball to now coaching, he's excelled at everything that he's done. And he seems to be doing it the right way. Like, guys, if you want to come over here and play offense and defense, come on. You can do it. When you're looking at like old Alabama back in the day where he just recruits seven quarterbacks so that Auburn can't get it right. and you know Florida can't get it and and he basically parking lots these guys and destroys like college careers so that he can win Bear Bryant so that he can win that game or that season or whatever that's the kind of old stuff that Dion doesn't bring to the table. I really right. appreciate it. It, the funny thing, man, that the reason my brother hates Deion Sanders and his coaching is because uh, he's a, my brother's a Miami Hurricanes fan. Long story, don't ask. But he, uh, they had a player named Romani McLean who was supposed to, he's a five star cornerback, I think, from down in South Florida, was supposed to go to, everybody thought he was going to Miami, and he ended up at the last minute switching and committing to Colorado. So that's why my brother doesn't like him. Romani McLean, somebody asked Deion Sanders post-cut? why yeah, he couldn't post-cut. get on, the, why what he needs to do to get on the field. Yeah. He was like, probably study and watch film, watch film and come prepare. to meetings on time. Prepare. And, yeah. yeah, prepare. And study I just, and prepare. Like, yeah, like I'm not going to like, just because you're a five-star cornerback, I'm not going to just kiss your ass and let you run, ruin my program. Like, and, and Ryan Clark, I think it was Ryan Clark, brought this up this week. Dion never attacks the man when he has these conversations about what he believes his team can do or the right. game that's upcoming. A lot of these other coaches attack him as a person. Right. It's not about like they do it through certain like terms. Like they go for like the clicks or this or that. We're here for wins, not for that. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Um, 
and it's a kind of like this sidestep way to go out after him or they'll just flat out call they 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 refer to him as Dion when they talk like another coach mm-hmm. they instead call him call Dion him instead of calling him coach right. and this is something he's had a big problem with um, even at Jackson State was people not giving him the proper respect, respect yeah. for the position he's in now i would say people get to decide what you call them and if they correct you you have to you have to yeah. be better i don't know I, I i i appreciate what he's done he's added 90 million dollars to that colorado program yeah. in three games so good for you man. he is he's definitely there um okay real quick my bad you just kind of touched on it it's dan lanning going in front of the cameras obviously being filmed uh and trying to pretend he's not being filmed and saying that uh, you know, they're after clicks, we're after wins, said by the freaking coach of the Oregon Ducks who have 6,000 jersey combinations and shoes that glow in the dark or tell you if a player is warmed up or not. Just get the hell out of here. Shut the hell up. Deion Sanders wants to win just as bad, if not worse, than you do. You're an idiot. Coach That's Prime. it. Yeah. All right, so my good is popular culture had a win this weekend. What's that? With with the Swifties and oh, kind of yeah. like the integration. Football is kind of like a stuffy sport, and visibility to the game had gone up uh, quite a bit for uh, women uh, fifteen or 12 to 49. There was 23, 24.3 million viewers on Fox for that Bears-Chiefs game, and it ranked first with women age uh, 12 to 49. That's crazy. There's a 400% spike in Travis Kelsey's jersey sales. Mm -hmm. Kelsey's podcast ranks number one overall on Apple now. I got to ask him about, you know, how he got so successful at podcasting. Kelsey adds 383,000 Instagram followers, um, 63% jump in female viewers from age 18 to 49, three time uh, three times increase in Chiefs searches on the web, three times increase in Chiefs sales on StubHub. Chiefs hold sold more tickets in a single day uh, since the start of the season. Uh, the Swifties hate Travis Kelsey. They don't think he's good enough for Taylor Swift. Well, regardless of their opinion of it, she looked like she had fun. I think I really, I, I really like to lead. She would. It was joy, and yeah. I and I know how much that's a problem for you. Shut the hell up. But she looked like she was having fun. Yeah. She let out that after these, let's effing go. Like, she's just having a blast. And, it, yeah. and I thought it was a fun moment. We, you know, the guy on Red Zone was stunned, didn't have any words. <laughs> I'm like, let's not overcomplicate this. It's just, it's just a famous actor, uh, singer, whatever, having a good time, supporting a friend. At a yeah. game. I don't think they're even, like, I, everybody keeps saying it's like a publicity does stunt it, or something. Well, why does it have to be something? Just let it be, man. Let's not even try I to, like. I don't care, man. I said already I don't care. You, you know a lot about it. I do. It's freaking everywhere. <laughs> can't. All right. Can't 
look anywhere on the internet and not see something about this anyway. Okay. Go bad. What do you All got? right, bad. Josh McDaniels, worst ho- uh, he holds the worst head coach belt right now. I mentioned that earlier. First of all, he brings in Jimmy G, which I I think is personally a bad decision. Jimmy G has never made any team any better. Uh, it was a bad call by him. Um, he's he calls a mediocre game plan. He's not. There's not a lot of negatives to him, but there's also not a lot of positives. He's kind of in that middle ground where like nothing really, you know. He's he, he's he's blah. Yeah. Um, and choosing to kick uh, a field goal on down eight in the fourth quarter was just un, un, yeah un, unforgivable. Absolutely. And what's your uh, – you got an ugly? Yeah, uh, Sam Howell had 22 pressured dropbacks. Uh, he was sacked nine times and uh, threw four interceptions. So out half of his dropbacks ended in a sack or a interception. Yeah. Bad, bad day. Okay, I didn't get to my ugly. My ugly is um, the fact that me and you can't stop talking for in less than two hours. Um, apologize to everyone out there. No, my ugly actually was uh, the whole um, Chandler Jones situation mm. with that he's. I still don't. He's know saying I still don't know exactly what the hell's going on either. But now he's saying that he's been held against his will in uh, like basically like a. We need uh, like a ringer mental, long form story. Yeah, like a mental. Well, he uh, said he said the fire department came and took him. Right, and that he's been held against his will. Had been held against his will and mental health facility for a number of days and I don't still know. managed to get communications out yeah that seems interesting weird. so yeah I don't know what's going on with him I, I guess if it's, we'll, if he's we'll having find a out mental, together yeah if he's having a mental uh I wish meltdown well. of some kind I, I hope that he gets help and yeah good good luck to him because I I think I like his family I think that they they're you know some some of the best athletes we've seen so Agreed. Um, yeah good luck to you man Please listen, like, okay. rate, review, and share this podcast. Mike, take it away. Jeremy, when it comes to podcasting, they're fighting for clicks, and we're fighting for wins. <laughs>